0: there and welcome to this week's episode of Let Me Pull On Your Coat. I'm your host as always Peter de Villiers and in this episode as in all the others I'll take you on a short journey, five pit stops where we look at um, different bits and pieces going on in my head, uh, scary as that may be. So first one, through my eyes, um, just something um, i noticed or picked up on um, which i found interesting and this week this actually i noted this down this happened a couple of weeks ago it was a friday morning and in the bathroom with my wife sophie brushing teeth and she made a remark about something basically along the lines of um thank fuck it's friday um And she's glad that it's the end of the week and it's the last day and the weekend's coming. Um, And it was just really striking for me because from my perspective, I approach Fridays completely the opposite. For me, it's, shit, it's Friday. I've run out of week. Um, And we had a brief chat about it. And I think it is down to the fact that um, Sophie doesn't go to work in the morning to achieve a particular thing Um, she obviously goes to work and works really hard she's a hospital doctor but she goes to work yes she has her clinic but and she knows who's going to be in the clinic perhaps but obviously scan results conversations outcomes and the like um, predicts or determines the day and so whichever new patients might be brought in anything like that so it's almost as if she goes to work in order and then proceeds to just cope with what the day throws at her. Whereas for me, it's unfortunate. It's completely the opposite. I go to work or I sit down at my desk every day looking to achieve two or three key things and over the course of a week trying to achieve something. And therefore, if I've run out of week before I've managed to achieve what I was aiming at, um, the perspective is really different. Um, so yeah I just thought that was interesting and the other thing is there's a new this is now more towards the section on a pebble in your pond um, something I want you to think about where um, there's a new Apple TV um, Plus movie um, with Justin Timberlake um, where he is talking to a boy um, who is... I don't know what the phrase is, but the boy is it? It's not real. I'm not sure it's transgender. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but in any case, the girl, the, the boy, um, goes around and prefers everything girls do. Plays with dolls, dresses up, has tea parties, and the like. And I won't spoil the movie for you, but um, there is a line in it where the boy. Um, looks at a like a be not really a beauty contest but something of a cartoon cinderella beauty and the beast that kind of thing and it's it's all the disney princesses or whatever that's on the screen and he's talking about how he wants to be on the show and justin timberlake's character says to him what do you see on the screen and it's like oh they're all princesses and whatever it's like do any of them look like you are there any boys on the screen um and the boy says no and it says so what does that tell you is what Justin Timberlake comes back with and the boy without blinking without missing a beat he just says it means I can be first um which is such a beautiful sentiment from the perspective of well where can you be first um Rather than looking at it and say, well, there is nothing like that for me, or um, that has not been done before by someone like me, it's just to have the approach rather to just look at it and say, okay, no one like me has ever done that, so I can be first. And of course, this this has played out in history um, forever in so many different scenarios. But yeah, have a think about that. Where can you be first rather than looking around and seeing where you may not fit in um, and interpret that as a negative have a look and say okay um, there's no one like me there which means i can be first um, this moves us on to the quote this week um, which is from william gibson and the quote is the future is already here It's just not very evenly distributed. And when I first heard this, it didn't really make sense to me, but then when you start sort of thinking about the global state, um, we take for granted, living in a developed country, a first world country, all the technology, all the opportunities, everything that's around us. So high-speed broadband, broadband, in pretty much every part of the country um, and everything that that brings and clean water, clean running water, um, um, toilet systems, anything like that. Now I'm not suggesting clean running water is the future but the reality is for some people clean running water is their future, it's the thing that's holding them back, it's the thing they aspire to. It's the thing causing diseases all around them. Um, and then you look at um, technology in homes and cars and our phones and our computers and and everything around us. And for parts of the world, that is the future. Um, I was reminded of this again with... Um, some video images came back from Perseverance, Mars at night and the stars and everything and for us um, we sort of think well okay colonising Mars is the future but there are still people on this planet for whom high-speed broadband, clean running water, the technology and the health that comes with that and state-of-the-art medical equipment and things like that for them that is still the future so Um, looking at it that way the quote made a lot more sense to me. So that's William Gibson the future is already here it's just not evenly distributed. Moving on to what I'm reading I'm still on Scale by Geoffrey West. Um, It's a bit of a tomb and it is fascinating. Um, I keep interrupting Sophie with She's trying to read a magazine and I'm reading the book and then I have to tell her the bits that I'm reading. Um, So a couple of things that stood out for me the other night is one is your blood and why it is red. Um, At least when it comes out of your heart, filled with oxygen, it is red. And then when it heads back to your heart, when it's been starved of its oxygen because your body's used it, then it's more blue and the reason your blood is red is due to an oxi- oxidation process I'll say that fast um, oxidation process and it's the same process that turns steel red because of rust so on some level your blood is red because it's a bit rusty um, which there's just something really cool about that for me the other one is, and this is this is about networks and endpoints and distribution and everything. But there, there's an element of it which is played out in trees, and this is played out in your body as well and, and um, all around us. But in trees, it's played out that the the endpoints of um, of networks. Um, follow a very particular structure so that if you were to take the end point of the network of a tree which is the end point of each branch where it has the last leaf so where it's quite thin if you took all of those together the cross section of them adds up to the cross section of the trunk of the tree. So think about that next time you look at a tree. You've got all these endpoints, all these branches, a bit like the, the capillaries and the, and the veins and stuff in your lungs. You've got all those bits and they all add up. The cross section of them equals the cross section of the trunk. And that actually plays out at every split in every branch Where where there's a split in the branch, the cross section of the two elements that's formed equals the cross-section of the element that is split. Um, And that then plays out right until we get to the end um, where all the cross-sections add up to the cross-section of the trunk. And there is something quite incredible about that. Um, And it's the same for the veins and arteries in your body. Um, So yeah, have a think about that that's Scale by Jeffrey West. What I've been listening to this week, I had some records delivered and this is actually a newish new album, Nick Cave, Alone at Alexandra Palace. It's just him and a piano and it's fabulous. Um, it sounds incredible. Um, unfortunately the record that I had delivered had some issues so I started listening to it and had that great experience and then um, while sending it back switched over to the MP3s and the MP3s just don't do it justice. Um, but it's a, it's a fabulous album. It's all, um, I think it's like 22 or something songs out of his back catalog, um, but just him at piano sort of reinterpreting some of those songs and it just sounds fabulous. And it's beautifully recorded in this massive space at Alexandria Palace. Um, It was quite funny though, Um, there's a song on it called Black Hair, and we have a bearded dragon, and the bearded dragon doesn't like Nick Cave, Um, it was like turning a light switch on and off, I don't know if you've seen an angry bearded dragon, but they, they pull out their beard and they bob their head and they open their mouth really wide, they're just trying to look as big and scary as possible, and when I play this track... I don't know if it's the deep voice, what it is, but the dragon goes mental, stop the track, and he calms down really quickly, play the track again, and he tries to scare everyone in the room. Um, but the dragon will have to get used to it because I'm not going to not listen to music because the dragon doesn't like it. Um, but yeah, that album, Nick Cave, Alone at Alexandra Palace, it's a perfect album for late evening glass of red wine um no conversation and just sit and listen through it it's definitely not one for background music and that brings us to the end of this week's episode thanks for being here with me um i'll hopefully see you here next week and you will give me another chance to pull on your coat